The Staff and Graph Podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. In looks are salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Welcome back to the Staff and Grab podcast. I am Mike Stevens, and sitting virtually across from me is the future first female GM in NHL history, Rachel Dory. Rachel, how you doing? I'm in a good mood today. I can tell. I can tell. It's good. The Bachelorette is back. Sure I is. saw my grandma. Hey, that's huge. Hello, grandma. Hello. Um, Hello, Rachel's grandma. We know we've been slacking on uh, on saying hi to her on the episode. So we, but we yeah, I apologize. hugged her for a straight five minutes and like shed a tear. And yeah, it was very, um, very nice to see her. Was this and, the first time uh, you've hugged her in like over a year? A year? Yeah. Um, so that was really, really nice. That was definitely the best part of like 2021 for sure. Um, yeah, so there's that. And then we've got hockey and the Euro starts on Friday, Mm -hmm. which I am very excited about. Um, already had people telling me I don't know anything about soccer on the bird app, which we will get into the bird app later in the show. But it causes God. nothing but problems. It causes Honestly, nothing but problems. Honestly, that stupid bird app. Michael, how are you? I'm I'm doing good. You know, I'm I'm reeling from the existential crisis I've had after watching Bo Burnham's latest special for the f- fifth time. Um, have you but heard? Have you heard about but this? Toronto's opening up, and like you'll be able to like see people. I know, which is also scary at the same time. Like <laughs> because now it's I've been so used to I don't know if you're getting this, but I've been so used to just being on my own for the last like over like what, eighteen months now at this point, or fifteen, sixteen months? Like it's been crazy. I now that like we're uh, we're slowly starting to open up again, I'm just like I don't know like I get I get socially exhausted like doing the podcast like after that I'm just Mikey like, literally has forgotten how to interact. I don't with know. I don't know how to socialize anymore. Like I straight up don't. If I, I'm not kidding. Like the amount of time I, I just don't respond to people's texts anymore. Like I feel so bad. I know. It's the worst. <laughs> like I, I just get so overwhelmed. I, I don't. Man, it's it's crazy. And Mikey is at the point that he doesn't even answer his own co-hosts' texts. Well, unless it's something like. <laughs> sincerely important but usually i'm just like trying to sort through all the, my brain stuff and then it's one thing after another but it, what what's great about that is like the um like as i said bo burnham special it was writ written shot performed and everything all by him in in like one room basically in his house over the course of a year oh my god during lockdown and it is one of the craziest pieces of art I've ever seen. And I've never resonated more with a guy just having a straight up mental breakdown over the course of a year in one room. Cause I live in a studio. So like it's one room it's been, it's, it's been, it's, it's crazy. But yeah, other than that doing great. Um, holy moly, Rachel. Cause now you live basically right around the corner from me and you like yeah. to, you like to go on walks along my, like the trails that I go on a lot too. You like to run. I walk. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw, but in downtown Toronto, the lines for water taxis to go to the Toronto Island were unlike I have 
not been to the island since I was like five. So. Yeah, me neither, because we're not on a field trip. You know, like that's that's the only reason I went to the island as a kid was to go to I also island. There is literally nothing. And don't get me wrong. Like, you know this about me. Like, I spend a lot of time on the water. Right. Like, I know how to sail. I have my boating license. Like, I I basically live on the water. I have zero desire to be on a water taxi with other members of the yeah. public. Like, nope, you are confined. That is gross. People do not know how to conduct themselves. Like, if I'm on a boat, I want it to be peaceful because I'm going out to escape other things. And there is literally nothing on the water I would rather do less than take a freaking water taxi. Yeah. Well... Half of the city decided, or literally half the city decided to do the exact opposite of what you just talked about, because I have never seen lines like that before. Because I, oh, God. like, not to not to dox myself or anything, but, like, I, I walk kind of right down on Lakeshore, like, right where, where you line up for, like, the tiki taxis and stuff, and it just kept going. It's crazy. Like, people are just chomping at the bit here to do anything, and it's, it's, look, it's great. Spend some time outside. Have some fun. But... You can't play. Oh yes, definitely encouraging that. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Also, I almost <laughs> almost passed out on a run this week, so that was fantastic. Great. Okay, not ideal. Um. Anyway, this has already been a manic episode. Let's get into some headlines, shall we? Canada, the, that's that scrappy underdog hockey nation that you know is, 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 they they just get counted out and you know. Well, first team in world championship yeah. history to lose the first four games and then win the gold medal. It was four. I think it was the first four, like three. I in it was three, three in regulation, and I think one in OT. It was what the holy moly. But yeah, then they like started. Then they got Andrew Manjapani, and him, Connor Brown, and Adam Henrique scored well over half of Canada's goals in the entire tournament. Essentially, like as soon as he came in the lineup, Canada became like a totally different team, and he was named tournament MVP. And a lot of people need to really stop sleeping on him in the NHL. Yeah. Um, if you don't know, he plays for Calgary. Um, but yeah, they uh, they looked really good again. Like they they looked really good against Russia. They avenged the loss to the U.S. They looked really good against the U.S. They looked really good in the gold medal game. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was quite the uh, the comeback. And uh, Gerard Gallant, yes, his uh, his ability to take a team of underachieving misfits and make all of them feel important and all of them have success is remarkable. Have you, have you seen this is the, the Mighty second Ducks? time? Like, have you seen the Mighty Ducks, the movies? Oh, of course. Yeah. So I think we should stop calling Gerard Gallant, Gerard Gallant and start calling him Gordon Bombay because this guy, all he does is take the friggin' like Island of Misfit toys together. You know, the kid, the kid who rollerbladed, but couldn't stop. You know, the, the, the kid who, like the Bash brothers, you know, Goldberg, all those kind of guys. And even uh, in, in the movie. Reed just only shoots the puck. And in the movie, a girl? How crazy yeah. is that? And, a girl? And he takes them and makes them and makes the ducks fly together and makes them into, into superstars. I think. Quack, 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 should, quack, Mr. Ducksworth. <laughs> I, think, I think we should call Gerard Gallant. Gordon Bombay because this guy I'm is sold this guy puts together like he like I don't think I think if you ever put him on a good team like gave him like the Leafs roster or something like gave him someone like a stat well the Leafs aren't a good team but I mean like a stacked roster 
like if like he I don't think he would do as well. Like he give needs, him Colorado. He need I think if he was coaching Colorado, I don't know if they would be as good as they are now, but give him like I don't know, Detroit. Carolina. Give him literally give him like Detroit or some like Vancouver. Really, really shit. Give him Vancouver. He actually turned, no, not Vancouver. Travis Green is a very good coach. They are just that bad. Damn. I also don't think anyone, Edmonton. I don't think anyone Edmonton. can say Vancouver. Give him give him Edmonton. Give him like Edmonton even has superstars. Give him like Columbus. He'd turn those guys into a Stanley Cup winner in a heartbeat. But yeah, so his I don't think I know he's been interviewing uh, for the Rangers job. He is going to be unemployed for however long he chooses to be unemployed. I hope like, so. I hope that's the case. Like, he will have a job next season. I don't think that much can be debated. How the like? How did he get fired in the first place? I just don't get it. Because there was, like, a fundamental disagreement with management. So Was it that fun? Like, how Like how so? Yes. Oh, man. Uh, it was, I believe it was surrounding, like, how the team played and y- utilized analytics. He utilized analytics or he didn't want to use it? I don't know what... I just know there was a disagreement on how things were being done. Damn. Damn, damn, damn. All right. Next up. This is the biggest story of the weekend. Taya Curry. I was... Yeah. Shatters the glass ceiling. First girl drafted in OHL history. She was picked in the 14th round by the Sarnia Sting. Dylan Sika, the GM there. Good for him. Mm-hmm. He was on the, the radio talking about that uh, in Toronto on, on Monday. Um, she was a goalie for the Elgin Middlesex Chiefs, which plays in the Alliance, like in Southern Ontario. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was kind of like, just, I had heard about her earlier this year and kind of went through and looked and, and Elgin Middlesex actually a a pretty highly ranked AAA team. So I don't think you under, like in order to be a good AAA team, you need to have great goaltending. So she is the starting goaltender on a AAA team that competes for legitimate like titles in the country. So she is legit good. Now, is she going to play? Like if I were her, I would go the NCAA route. She made it like very clear she wants to be the goalie for Team Canada. Um, mm. I I feel like she's definitely on the inside track to that. Mm. Um. But yeah, if I were her, don't lose. Like, go to camp because the, they changed the um, eligibility rules. So now, if she goes to camp in, let's say she goes to camp this year, she, then she's ineligible to play in the NCAA next year. Well, she's only in grade ten, so it's not like she's going to play anyways. That's um, nuts, though. She's only in grade ten. Yeah. So, um, if I were her, like, go go to camp, get the experience, like, see what's happening. But to me, I wouldn't be giving up an NCAA scholarship for anything. Like. Unless you're a first or second round pick, I would be going in the NCAA. And I tell that to every single kid that asks me just because the odds that you're going to make an impact are razor thin. And for her, like, while I'd love to see it, I'm more interested in what's best for her long term. And I think she probably is on the track to being our future goaltender for the women's team. Mm -hmm. And so I think playing in the NCAA is going to afford her the best opportunity for development. So that's what I think she should do. But nonetheless, fantastic by Sarnia, great for her. Would love to see that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, she's the future of Canadian goaltending right there. And I just can't wait to see what she does. Like, this, we, we could be watching a future superstar here. She's, this, is, this is a historic moment. Like, we witnessed history over the weekend. This is incredible. And so, and yes. I'm, I'm just so glad that, as always, there, there was, you know, like a generation of young girls who were looking at this and going, like, as of before, where they were saying, you know, oh, there's only sort of limited career paths for me. They just saw a girl get drafted into the into the OHL. Like, that's remarkable. Right. So fantastic. Congratulations to her, her family, everyone who helped her get there. Can't wait to see what you do. 
All right. Plot points. What's trending up? What's trending down? Trending, trending down pretty hard. What happened here is the Colorado Avalanche. They've been outshot by 56 the last three games. They got their cheeks clapped in game four. Cheeks clapping in. Cheeks clapping in. And also, Jared Bednar, he's out here calling out his star players. To be fair, he was definitely right in his analysis. Yes, 100%. But it's just like, you don't, like, a, a team like Colorado that's so good, so skilled, so deep, you don't expect it from, from them. You don't expect this from them. What's going on here? Honestly, like, it's hard to say. Um, they, like, the high danger chances the past few games have been super lopsided. They get slapped around. Like, I think Vegas was rightfully tired from the series against Minnesota. Then they had to go to altitude. That's probably why they got slapped around in game one. Mm-hmm. Um, game two is a little bit closer, obviously. Um, and what was interesting is Colorado was about a minute or two from from being up 3 nothing in the series. And then Vegas came and, and, and scored two quick ones. And and now the series is 2-2. Um, so it's it's interesting to see kind of what's happened here. But I think... Vegas, like this was always going to be a fantastic series. But one thing I'm really noticing is outside of Colorado's top line, like their second line's getting eaten alive. And I mean, there's a missing player on that second line that would probably be beneficial to have if you were Colorado, Nazem Kadri. I'm the player I'm talking about. Um, his actual arbitration hearing is actually scheduled, I believe it was scheduled for Friday, and the decision was scheduled either for Monday night or Tuesday. So we will know probably by the time this show is out yeah. what the... I wouldn't be surprised if it got by, reduced by a game or two. Um, yeah, I can see that. But, like, Kadri again hurting his team by not being in the lineup. Like, it's, it's unbelievable because I genuinely... Like, I really do think... If Kadri's in the lineup, they think about you push down, you constantly, like, you, everybody kind of gets pushed down or rung, and um, that's just not the case right now. Um, I'd be playing Newhook and Byram a little bit more, though. They acquired him to be, like, to help them, to be an impact player, and once again, he's let them down. Once again, he's been selfish, and he's out, and... You know, we love Nazem Kadri. Like, Nazem Kadri, you know, we, we especially, like, from his time in, with the Leafs, like, we love him. But this is just straight-up unacceptable. This could cost his team a cup. Like, even if he comes back and plays fantastic, they're in a hole because of him now. And so right. it's, it, this is, again, the third time in four years that he's done this to his team. And it's funny, like, specifically producer Drew on Twitter, uh, uh, like, Sportsnet producer, does incredible stuff, works with Steve Dangle a lot. Enemy of the show, Steve Dangle. And um, and just, he does, and and he was talking about, he, he it was funny to watch his his slow realization of how Kadri being out is hurting the, the Avs. He was just, I him going like, oh, it would be nice if, you know, we had a second line center who could help us. And I just looked at that and kind of shot in response, which is like, well, well, well. <laughs> how the turntables. How the turntables, oh my God. How the turntables, like it's, it's it's ridiculous and if if Kadri contributes in because right now I mean the playoffs are such a shit show right now like the North Division is a joke like it is a joke what those series are like I don't I'm not even like it's not even the same sport honestly it is every I every day and like go figure hockey fans oh my god we're finally gonna get Toronto and Edmonton which we may never get again 
And which we no. will never get again. I'm just going to put that out because there. We will never get that again. Heaven forbid this. And this does not concern the Leafs. I I actually was more aiming this at the Winnipeg Edmonton series. Heaven forbid the league actually call the fucking rule book. Heaven forbid. Yeah, that's Mc, a lot. McDavid zero drawn Joke. penalties in the last eight games. Like get the fuck out of here. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, but it's also, absurd. Rachel, I I. I look at I look at the playoffs going on, and I go, "Are you joking?" The Leafs would have mopped the floor with this series with the Jets, and hey, and if we're gonna talk about, we're like we didn't even bring up because we the last podcast we put out happened right before the the Mark Scheifele ruling came down. So if we're gonna talk about a center who has put his team in a distinct hole because of stupid behavior, Mark Scheifele too, like. Yeah, Mark Shifley, not a good choice, but and and we'll get into this in a, in a few minutes. Yeah. Uh, there is literally an APB out for Pierre Luc Dubois. Oh yeah, that's part of our deep like, dive. At least at least Nathan McKinnon is participating fully in the in the Colorado playoffs. He's Pierre Luc Dubois is literally nowhere to be found. No, I, like I someone think- texted me, "Is PLD playing tonight?" And I'm like, "Ah, uh, I'm actually I I had to check because I thought he was not in the lineup. That's how invisible he was." Man, it's so funny because <laughs> so we have a, we have a Jets fan in the Daniel Levy group chat, and you know he talks we, he talks with the Jets a lot. And now we've like it's it's tough because now we kind of want to rally around him like to support the Jets now that the Leafs are out. But at the same time, he hates the Jets right now because they he is so sick and tired of how they deploy these players, and specifically like PLD and their prospects with Heinola and everything, and. What's a shame about this is the Jets, like, they somehow beat the Oilers. And then now they're in the second round, and that's going to be validation to keep the people in charge around where I think it's just I think it's just the natural time to go for them because they just clearly – I think they've clearly hit a wall with this. Like, the room isn't happy. Like, people are – like, it's just there's a clear lack of everything there, and they're down 3 nothing in the series. And yet – they will say, how can you fire us? We want a playoff round. And so here, here we go. It's hockey's hockey's a weird sport, Rachel. It really is. You're telling me. You're telling me. All right. Trending up. John Lou's King status. John Lou destroying massages. John Lou, we grew up with John Lou. John Lou. I John, we have loved John Lou like forever. The the words, the, the phrase John Lou TSN is ingrained in my brain forever. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's all I heard as a kid. This guy came, and then he comes, and the thing is, John Lou, he doesn't, he's a lot like John, another John in John Wick. He doesn't, he, do, he doesn't look for the violence, but when the violence finds him, he puts an end to it right away. The, I don't know if there's a level above top rope, but that's where he came like from. Like the catwalk. He came in from the catwalk. Like, from Literally the Literally the catwalk, Yeah. <laughs> From on from the roof, and he just like drilled a hole in the roof and then dropped down. Like it's like he. So t- tell us what happened, just, Rachel. Does this concern okay. you? Yeah. So uh, not that I want to paint everybody in this fan base with a broad brush, but I feel like I'm allowed to do this, and I have a license to do this. Yep. Fucking Devils fans. They all suck. Like, oh my god, get it together. So I. I get asked about the draft um, and I say I wouldn't take I I think Luke Hughes's range or no somebody said something about the Devils or Canucks should draft Luke Hughes and my response was you don't draft 
a player to create a rivalry and you also don't draft a player to please a sibling. That's not a way to run a hockey team. That's all I said, right? Some guy comes back and is like, you're an idiot. Like, I would take Luke Hughes. Like, all these draft boards have Luke Hughes. And I went back in him and I was like, um, we haven't had Luke Hughes in our top five the entire season. And, like, we've done the research. Comes back again, says something. I go, well, when you watch hundreds of hours of tape and, and do research on these players, I'm happy to have a discussion with you. Until then, screw off. He comes back with, you must be a token yeah. female in your department. And considering he's a Devils fan, you would think he knew, he is aware of who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ratio is all time on yeah. his tweet. So he responded to me saying, I must be a token female. The as, it, as of the recording of this show, 52 replies, 22 quote tweets, zero retweets, and two likes. Can I can I introduce you on the next show as token female of the podcast? Yes. yes. That's what And so John Liu. Let's call who, the let's call the episode token female. Yes. Boom. I am the token female Nailed of it. the podcast. Nailed it. Um so all of a sudden I'm just like scrolling through and I get a text being like, oh my God. I'm like, what? Sends the tweet. I see it's John Liu and I'm like, is he replying? Hold on. So I click it. He literally replies to this guy with an academic study citing how women being smarter has proven to infuriate like men. And just incredible, incredible that he just came in like that and laid the hammer down. This dude. And I was like, oh, this dude brought a pulled out like footnotes and like MLA cited like thesis stuff. Like it's like normally it's just like, oh, oh yeah. And, like, I didn't even like we didn't even follow each other. So I had to go through a mutual and be like, can you thank him on my behalf, please? Because I appreciate that. Like he didn't have to do that. We don't we aren't friends like, yeah, whatever. And then he like reached out to me and was like, hey, like I somebody passed your thank you no long. Like, I just want you to know, like, keep up the great work. And, and, and I'm always here to take out a misogynist when needed. I'm like, hell yeah. Absolute king. So this is a John Liu fan podcast. Also, probably not a good idea to be calling me a token female, especially as it pertains to drafting and development of prospects, because that is literally literally my area of research Rachel we've been over this just incredibly incredibly funny Rachel we've been over this women don't know sports women only know shopping oh, cooking dogs dogs and then he doubled down which I don't know if you saw this I didn't so I don't know got, what you're about to say dunked on mercilessly by like a bunch of people 52 people to be precise oh no actually 74 74 to be, to be precise um, Okay, so he got dunked on and then like two hours later logged back onto Twitter and was like, I have angered a corner of the feminazis. Oh, boy. I'm like, okay, so now we're also using Nazi references. You seem great. So I scroll down his timeline just to see. And I be- hold on, hold on. Don't, don't even tell me. I guarantee you there was a Barstool retweet in there. I guarantee okay, you. Okay, so 
So funny that you say that because Tara Sloan, bless her heart, mm-hmm. hit the nail on the head. She goes, vehemently opposed to women's voices in sports equals but all lives matter equals oppose LGBTQ rights and, partic- and in particular trans rights equals wish Donald Trump was still president. This formula never fails ever. And if you go down his timeline, he has everything from misogyny to racism yep. to homophobia to I miss Donald Trump. It was yep. an actual tweet of his to um, a bunch of tavern chair retweets, which is what I'm calling oh, them now. Tavern chair. OK, yes, that's good. That's um, good. But it's like, of course, tavern of chair. course, tavern chair. <laughs> that's good. That's actually I, I didn't think of that. That's really good. But yeah. So like I said, I, I put the warning out like last podcast. If you are going to come at me especially as it pertains to the draft and you are not someone who I know has done research, I am going to dunk on you. I'm cool if Scott Wheeler or Corey Pronman or whoever else is like, hey, I disagree. You know what? We'll have a conversation because I know they've actually done their research. Yeah, I can't see Scott Wheeler being like, oh yeah, well, you're just a feminazi. Get out of here. I can't see that either. That seems pretty outside of Scott's Scott's wheelhouse. I know Scott pretty well. I think he's, but here's the difference between John Liu and me is that John Liu is so much smarter than me and eloquent and intelligent because he, and he he, wears bow ties, which makes him very cool. And he wears bow ties, which is cool. But he, he whipped out like, like I said, like the MLA cited, like, you know, deep thesis. Like my response to that literally would have been like, your mom's my token female or something like that. Like that's, (laughs) that's all. Like that's where that's where I would have gone. He went like how tavern chair of you. Exactly. He would have been like he he went like you know when Socrates said uh, you know this and <laughs> I'm just like I banged your mom, dude. Like you can't you can't touch me. Like he's just so God. much. He's he's so much better than than all of us. All right. But yeah, don't do it. It's dumb, and I promise you, I have. I may not have watched more games than you, but you will be hard pressed to find someone who has done more research on draft prospects than me. Yeah. And if you come at Rachel, <laughs> I will, I will seduce your mom. That's what I'm saying. Oh my so, God. so let's just get out of it. Let's, let's just make sure you don't do that because uh, if, if you come for Rachel, you're going to have a new stepdad real soon. All right. Deep dive. Let's do this before we get into our deep dive though. Quick word from our sponsor. I love that. That is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere, giving entrepreneurs like me the resources that were once reserved for big business. And it's customized to your needs. You get a great looking online store that really helps bring your ideas to life and tools to manage the day-to-day and drive sales. And I'm speaking about this from experience. I'm really passionate about bass fishing. And a little over five years ago, I started an e-commerce bass fishing brand with my best friend, Aaron, called Woo Tungsten. Actually, it's pronounced Woo Tungsten, W-O-O exclamation mark, because that's the sound you make when you catch a giant bass. And it was a no-brainer to do this on Shopify because they've made it so easy every step of the way from creating product listings to making discount codes to managing shipments. In fact, if you want to see what an e-commerce store looks like on Shopify, go to wootungsten.com and you can see. And it's no wonder that every 28 seconds, a small business owner makes their first sale on Shopify. You can get started by building and customizing your online store with no coding or design experience. And you can gain knowledge and confidence with extensive resources to help you succeed. Plus, 
With 24-7 support, you're never alone. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash bluewire, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial, and you'll get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today, just like me, just like Wu Tungsten, by going to shopify.com slash bluewire right now. That's shopify.com slash bluewire. All right, Rachel. What? What? Just, I'm going to put my Jerry Seinfeld hat on for a second. What's the deal with Pierre-Luc Dubois? (laughs) Um, What's the deal? Yeah, it's, uh, you know what's funny is that trade was billed as, like, the Line A PLD trade. The best player in that trade right now is Jack Roslovic. Is that trade one of the most prevalent examples of a lose-lose for all involved? Right now, yes. Like, I can't think of another trade that was, like, of this high profile where, like, literally, like, sure, Jack Roslovic played pretty well, but he's not, like, you know, putting them over the top. I can't think of a recent trade where that was, like, this high build. Like, we spent, like, three weeks breaking this down, like, in, in intricate detail. Because and litigating, like, torts. Exactly. And then... And are, not even arguably, PLD has been worse in Winnipeg. Yeah. Like, at least Line, like, scored a bit. You know? Like, so it's... Uh, he's he's getting since he's been in Winnipeg and particularly in the playoffs caved in expected goals wise caved in on regular scoring chances caved in on high danger chances he's got a low PDO but he's had a low PDO for three years so I'm gonna have to take a closer look but I'm beginning to think there might be a correlation between how he plays and why he has a low PDO he has nine primary points in 46 games this season at five on five 21 if you count the power play that is fucking terrible hold on let me just say one thing pldo michael please that's my contribution to that okay so that's the name of the podcast pldo continue um he has one in his entire career he has one season with more than 50 points and it was a season where his shooting percentage was like four percentage points higher than his career shooting percentage so there's a correlation but like Honestly, not only is he not like putting up points, which is like what a third overall pick needs to be doing, like he's not defending well, he's not winning puck battles, like he's not doing anything. And in Mark Shifley's absence, like it was a golden opportunity for him to step up and he was given a role. He's playing on the top PP now because they need him to. And nothing. Like nothing. There have been like rumors about like stuff going on behind the scenes, but like, we're not going to speculate on that. The bottom line is he is paid to play hockey and is not doing a good job. Is this guy ever going to not have rumors behind the scenes? Just fucking play hockey after a certain bit. Like, come on. Yeah. The people who have these, like, you know, he's like, like, for example, like Chris Stapps Porzingis, which actually it's a great sort of, sort of similarity here. He, he was just talking about how he like feels like an afterthought in Dallas. And I'm like, He's an NBA player for anyone who doesn't know who this is. And I'm thinking like, yeah, this is the exact same thing that happened in New York. And with PLD, like the reason why you left Columbus was because you were extremely unhappy with something. And so you straight up stopped trying and intentionally played like shit. So they trade you and then you get where you want to go. Basically, like you want to you wanted to go to win. And you're arguably worse. And you're arguably worse. And the reason the reason they got him 
was a to like give them a huge one two punch down the middle. But the reason why any team wants to have a huge one two punch down the middle is if one of those guys goes down, you have another star who's ready to take up that mantle and, and bridge that gap and keep you afloat. And they paid, you know, a former second, a second overall pick and a guy in Jack Rossovic who was really good for this guy. And he's doing nothing, nothing. But there's also, there's also the, the thing to say though, is that like, like the pandemic has really kind of like screwed everything up for everyone. And keep in mind, this is a guy who had to quarantine for two weeks. Yes. Which does like that, that takes a toll. But on he you. was poor. Like, Last year, he was, was he? poor in Columbus. Yeah, he was not very good. Um, he was poor, like, in Columbus, clearly this year. Like, literally not even trying. Um, and then he gets to Winnipeg, and I'm not going to say he's not trying or he doesn't care, because, like, I think everyone cares to a degree. But, like, he has been awful. Like, providing negative value. He's a liability out there right now, and that is unacceptable like you could say what you want that Patrick Line is a defensive liability but at least he scores at least he like yes sure Patrick Patrick Line is a one-dimensional player but at least that one dimension is pretty darn good I don't see this Pierre-Luc Dubois is literally ripping the fabric of space and time because he's a zero-dimensional player he technically should not be able to exist because right now there's zero dimensions to him which means he ceases to exist at least you have one dimension you're fucking flat Stanley or whatever and you're fine but this guy he, he, he's 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 a ghost. I'm, I'm interested to see like next year where he's got like a summer to kind of get his bearings, get him get himself together. Like yeah. I, I know it's been like super stressful, and anytime you're traded, it's stressful. But like add a pandemic on, so like okay. But if he's poor again next year, like th- that's a big issue. Oh, hundred percent, massive issue. He needs to be an impact player for Winnipeg, and he's just flat out not right now. And they the way that Winnipeg is built, they can't afford to have that. He also he also bet on himself. He only signed a two year, five million dollar per year contract. Like if he wants to get yeah. paid the money that he clearly wants to, because he seems like a guy who when he wants something wants Eichel money. Oh, uh, he's not getting that now. <laughs> no. Man, oh he man. He would have to have like in eighty two games next year, he would have to put up like point per game, at least points. Yeah. And also, you know what? Points. Maybe Buff Buffalo's dumb enough to give him that. So maybe maybe he should go there. <laughs> then you'll get real Eichel money. Boom. PLD for Eichel. One for one. Who says no? Buffalo. I don't know. Both teams are pretty dumb. They might they might be cool with that. All right. Bruins and Islanders. Normally you would think any series with the Islanders in it would be, you know, one of the most snooze snooze inducing ones. The Island it was Islanders. What was it last year? I, I can't even remember the other team. Islanders, uh not Lightning, but the one before that. Who did the Islanders play in like the second round last year? Dude, I don't remember that far well back. even even islanders and lightning that was so boring and if it wasn't my oh job my god yeah. i wouldn't have watched that and yet this year it's 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 a blast nassau coliseum is rocking the islanders are having oh my fun. god that coliseum i'm pissed because like that coliseum closes after these playoffs like there's oh, yeah. no more games there i'm i i saw one game at the coliseum because it was when i was working for the devils yeah um surprise there's only one uh, well, because they were playing in Brooklyn at the time, so there was only oh, a couple true. games where they were, yeah. So, like, I had to plan that nonsense. But, like, th- those fans make, like, it, the way that place is built, it makes it feel, one, like it's a lot louder, but two, like, they're on top of you. 
Mm-hmm. And Clark Gillies chugging oh. a beer and smashing the can over his head, like, go off. But, like, holy shit. Kyle Palmieri, massive pickup for, for the Islanders. Like, people ripping on that. Like, I, I said, I said, I'm like, everyone, just be patient. Yeah, now we've reached be Rachel patient. was right. The segment, the Rachel was, <laughs> Rachel's vindication segment. Where Rachel like, was right once he's again. He's so good for them. And I'm really he has, happy he's been for fantastic. him. Because, like, he's always wanted to, like, he was, when we got eliminated against Tampa and New Jersey, like, he was rattled, even though we all knew it was coming. Like, come on. It was freaking Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he was rattled because he felt like he didn't perform. And he vowed, like, if I get another shot in the playoffs, like, I'm not going to let that go to waste. And he's definitely not now. Like, he's scoring big goals. He's playing a huge role for, for the Islanders. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's been good. And Barzell kind of finally broke through. And so I guess, yeah, it's been an entertaining series for sure. David Pasternak showed up to the, to game four wearing, or game five actually wearing like a mint green suit. So go off. Barzell, man, he has taken his, his game. This is okay. This is the, an example of what PLD should have done because even though it was a season long absence, like Anders Lee, tears his ACL he's out who's by the way Andrews Lee's already skating it's only three months after his ACL got torn he's already taken some laps around so that's incredible but there's also like Matt Matt Barzell has elevated his game to a huge level when a key player in on his team is out and it's the opposite of what PLD has done and it's just remarkable to see Matt Barzell has been playing absolutely fantastic yeah he just hasn't been scoring but like in terms of actually helping out like and and doing the things required to win so like he's good on pucks he's good uh puck support he's good in the defensive zone like he's doing all the other stuff to contribute yeah. and and now he's scored and getting palmieri and zajac getting both of them like it'd be one thing to get palmieri's like a little scoring punch or whatever or like zajac you know for some veteran getting them both i mean it was a bit of a steep price but man like that's looking like a real nice deal like they it kind of it's kind of giving them everything they need right now mm-hmm. so Travis Zajac came out with a really interesting quote. I saw this and, uh, you know, I, I didn't really read too much into it when I initially I saw it. I have things to say about I know this. you do. That's why I'm teeing yeah. you up, Rachel. That's what, that's what being a host is all about here. And so I was, so he essentially said, I came from a team where if you weren't under 25, you don't fit in. Here, it's a little different. It's a veteran team. They play with structure. They play with commitments. And it's an easy group to come in and insert yourself. He said that in relation to how he's feeling as an Islander compared to how he was as a devil. Travis Zajac seems like one of the mo- one of the more like consummate leaders in the game. I you know I don't I clearly don't know him as well as you do. Never talked to him before, but I've always looked at him as someone who's even you know like his his play is clearly not where it used to be, but he's I think that his his ability as a leader and maybe the intangibles that he brings is is like legitimate value. I can't imagine he meant any this as anything of a dig. You know I just give him that kind of benefit of the doubt. Yeah. So, uh, was I surprised to even see that quote? I I was because yeah, me I, too. Like Travis Zajac is the consummate professional, consummate leader. There's a reason that he has had a letter on his jersey, like in New Jersey, since like the beginning of time. Basically, um, he's very reserved with his words, um, very careful with with how he approaches things. Um, but I was seeing fans saying, well, good riddance, you were bad in the room, you're bad for our young guys, like all this shit. Um, I feel like a lot of people are forgetting that Travis Zajac 
refused to waive his no-trade clause last season because he wanted to stay to mentor the young players. And I clearly not paying attention. Um, if Devils fans remember, when Nico Heischer was asked about um, why, like, just the captaincy in general, one of the first people he mentioned was Travis Zajac and how he's had an impact on helping him grow as a leader and, and been a huge mentor. So to say that he's bad in the room... I mean, that's, I can tell you that's factually incorrect. Like, it's wrong. It just is. It's just a knee-jerk reaction to this Yeah, quote. and it's one of those things where Travis Zajac is likely to be in a Devils uniform next year. Like, oh, he's yeah. likely to re-sign there, and they want him. Like, the, it's, it's one of those things where all he was saying was, you don't fit in if you weren't under 25, and... That's true. Look at their young core. Like, in fact, I can name this off. Like, you know, Nico Heischer, Jack Hughes, Jesper Bratt, Yanni Kokkonen, Yegor Sharon, Govich, Ty Smith, Damon Severson. Andreas Janssen. Andreas Janssen, Will Butcher. Like, all these guys are under 26. Rachel, after they got dealt, or after, him and, after him and Palmieri got dealt, like, the youngest, the, the, sorry, the oldest forward on the Devils was Andreas Janssen, who's 26. Right. So it's like, how can it's you one not of feel things? out of place? Yeah, like, you don't fit in. They don't have guys like Corey Schneider and Brian Boyle and Ben Lovejoy in there anymore. So you don't fit in. And this is a veteran team. And the reality is, is the Islanders are the most structured team in the NHL. Like, they play with the most stringent structure on on the ice. And then off the ice, I mean, Lou is literally their GM. So that's Structure City. <laughs> and... And they talk about playing with commitments. I can't believe this needs to be said, but young players have warts and generally are not as committed to the structure. It's also just like a generational gap. When I was in New Jersey, it was we would talk about structure and, and there are former players that will talk about how like John Hines had a great structure. It was getting young players like Heeshear and Brat and Severson to a degree. Um Michael McLeod, like Brett Sini, is getting those guys to buy in to the structure. Like when you're young, you just don't have a grip on what it does and does not take to win. Like you don't know what that line is in the NHL because you're like you just don't. Yeah, when you're like on a young team and and you're kind of like one of those players where you know your job is to be a mentor. You know your job is to lead by example. Like Travis Ajak has been the consummate penalty killer. Like first line penalty kill, his second unit power play. He's always taking the D zone draws. Like he makes life easier. And so, like, it's it's not a surprise to see that he's kind of at the bottom end of the lineup in in the Islanders, and he's fitting right in because he is literally. If Lou Lamorello could mold a player for his hockey team, it would be Travis Ajak. Or Andy Green, who also coincidentally is playing for the Islanders. So, like, I'm not surprised that that this is how he feels. I'm surprised that he said it, but I don't have a problem with what he said because there's nothing he said that was incorrect. I also feel like if you listen to the quote, it doesn't read as sort of spicy as it does when, like when you read it. Like, it's also... This is like, just... Why are you this uptight, too? Like, why, why are you... Like, why are you so angry and so insecure if you're like devil's fans like Jesus Christ? It's all, it's just a thing that happens in the workplace. Like, listen, I've, I've worked at a lot of different offices before, you know, specifically as either a junior analyst or an intern, you know, and, and some some employees like some older employees, they you know, they they love the interns, you know, like 
they maybe sometimes too much, but like they love the interns. They, they hang out with them and it's fun. It makes them feel young again. It's like cool and hip. And then some of the older people, they just like, you know, they, they tell you to do the work and then they kind of like go about their day. And like, because they have nothing in common. And I feel like that's kind of something what happened with Travis Ajak, where it's like, hey man, like I don't play Fortnite. Like I don't care about like Balenciaga or TikTok or anything like that, which I'm sure these people do. Like, I don't want to talk about banging chicks every other day when we're not supposed to be seeing people. Exactly. I, I mean, I don't know that for a fact, but like, I'm sure that was the same thing. And like, there, there's no, there's no harm in just kind of being like, I'm Travis Ajak. I'm a family man. I don't really have anything in common with these people. So yeah, like they're my coworkers and everything, but like, is anything he said probably factually correct? No, like I'm not under 25. It I've, is not. <laughs> I have, I have kids. I'm, I'm, you know, like I'm taking them to, to like soccer practice and stuff. These kids, these kids like are blowing up our team group chat with like TikToks that they're sending to each other. And I have no idea what's going on. Well, and Travis Ajak also said, like, he was very upfront, definitely while I was in New Jersey, and, and I know afterwards, he was super upfront about, like, I have a no-trade clause, and you're not trading me anywhere except, like, the Islanders. Like, he was very upfront about that. He didn't yeah. want to go anywhere else, so he basically told Fitzy, like, you either trade me to the Islanders, or you don't trade me at all. Like, it's, that's, that's your option. Was there, was there any truth? Cause I remember like, cause you were working for the devils when Lamorello was in, uh, was in Toronto. Toronto. Remember when all those rumors were out because Lou was in, was in Toronto. Like they thought the Leafs were going to go get Zajac. Was there any truth to that? No. Yeah. No. That's what I thought. There was not. That's what I thought. But Leafs yeah. almost ended up with a different devil, a much better one to be quite frank, but yep. we will not get into what happened to that situation. But Rachel had to show up for work that day. So thanks a lot for that. I, honestly, to be fair, I remember that day super vividly. I will never forgive and, like, you for that. I had literally had a hard episode that morning yeah. and probably should not have driven to work. If only you had... Ugh. I will never forgive you for that. That's, I remember the fact that we're still friends because of that, because that's one of the first things I learned about you when we hung out for the first time. And I remember being like, you motherfucker. Like, I can't believe, like you, (laughs) (laughs) and yeah, anyway. You piece of shit. You piece of shit. We're going to start a podcast. That particular player would look really good in the Leafs uniform right now, wouldn't he? Sure would. He'd look great beating the Jets in the second round, I can tell you that, but you know. All right, speaking of blue and uh, white. Yeah, speaking of, speaking of blue and white. This this is essential. Like a- after all the hand wringing and mental breakdown, specifically one on the microphone that I had uh, last week, um, which is also funny because I had not watched that Bo Burnham special. I watched it that night, so after we recorded, and I got at least ten messages telling me you had you had real inside, like in it, it's called inside. You had real Bo Burnham inside vibes going on in that, and I'm like, hey, that's not good. Because he's severely depressed in that special. So that's not, <laughs> hey, maybe I should lighten up a little bit. So, but um, Zach Hyman is, is the, the yes. toast of the town right now, the talk of the town. Um, he's a free agent. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. He's a free agent, a great guy, a best-selling author, all of that. He's also probably not going to be a Leaf next year. I'm not sure about that. Really? I mean... Yeah, like we're looking at it. First of all, we're in a pandemic still, yes, right? It's yes, a flat yes. cap world. So, like, you're just not, guys are not getting the salaries that they thought they were going to get. Um, the other thing is, Hyman is actually like one of those players that gives a shit about being a Toronto boy and playing for the Leafs. Hold on. Um, Hold on. Does he actually give a shit about being a Toronto boy and playing for the Leafs? Or does he just say that? And then when it actually comes to, to contract negotiations, he gets his dad to start bashing every contract he has and talking <laughs> about him being disrespected. Or Do he- you notice that you haven't heard anything from Mr. Hyman? 
Oh, that's wait. Players' dads are allowed to shut the fuck up. I mean, whoa. I talking. had I had but no anyways, idea. Like Zach's family, first of all, is wealthy as fuck. Yeah. Um, to the point where like Zach's dad bought up hockey teams in like the GTHL that his sons were playing on. He just bought the entire thing. So like money is not like Zach Hyman's family does not need Zach Hyman to play hockey to make money to help the family out. Like normally you hear of NHL players who use their money to like help their family out because it's life changing money. This is not even like a thing in the Hyman family. Like there's so much money there that like, that's really not a relevant thing. Hyman's brother is my friend's landlord. Like what? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I have. Yeah. Like Spencer, every time I'm at this guy's place, like Spencer, like they just hang out. (laughs) It's, it's very odd. Very interesting. Um, But yeah, so I've met Spencer quite a few times. Um, but yeah, like the Hyman family has a deep, um, relation and and deep ties to hockey in in this city specifically minor hockey um his dad was like over the moon when he was traded here um but Hyman's rumored to want close to six mil and in salary I could I could see that but he's also one of those guys where like you hear him in the lawyer commercials he does like I think it's like sonnet insurance he's got like a whole bunch of other stuff and so I think he can go and make six million in salary playing on a different team, or he can make like four million in salary playing for the Leafs and then another two million in endorsements because he'll get to keep Sokolov and mm-hmm. whomever else kind of thing. Like and he'll get to play for his hometown team. And I think that like you kind of see it with Connor Brown. Uh, like winning to them, like if you look at the goal Connor Brown scored to send the Leafs to the playoffs, I believe in twenty twenty six 2017 2017 I was in the Um, building for that game magical moment yeah like if you look at that like you can tell that that guy like cared he's a Toronto boy playing for a Toronto team and I think I get the same vibe from Hyman and everything that I've heard is is the same now if someone offers him silly money then like by all means he absolutely should take that they will but I absolutely would not be surprised if he ended up in Toronto for less because he does give off that vibe Absolutely. The only the only problem is in my in my mind is he like he is beloved around the league. Like everyone loves him for good reason. He does everything right. You know, he's he's scored at like a 30 goal pace the last two years. Doesn't he's, disappear in the playoffs. Doesn't disappear in the playoffs. Well, you know, so, hey, if, if all he's all he's got to do is is disappear in the playoffs and he'll get ten point eight nine three million dollars on his next deal. It'll be fantastic. But but it's, so the other thing is with Zach Hyman, like to me, anything that over five million bucks is an overpayment. Yeah. And be like just looking at it from an aging curve perspective, he's 28. And, mm-hmm. and the way he's he had plays, an ACL tear too. Remind, remind. Yeah. So the way but the way he plays the game, like in the corners, reliant on skating, like very tough type of game. He's definitely not the finesse game. Right. Yeah. What we see in players is players who play that particular style do not age well. See Wayne Simmons. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, yeah. like, that the, that type of power forward, they just don't age well. And so, 
to me, my concern is if the team wants to pay him six by six, then like you let him walk. I don't sign anything over four years, maybe five. But you cannot get into a situation where you are paying him over $5 million over five years because you just don't know how he's going to age with injuries and you just can't have that. So for me, anything over five, I think I think you have to let him walk just because now you want to trade Mitch Marner? Then by all means, you pay Zach Hyman five two five times five. I do. I want to trade Mitch Marner. Uh, Me personally, I'm, hands I'm up. I'm in the group that I think that that's probably a wise idea, depending on value, though. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I wouldn't shop him, but if a team came to me and said, okay, I'll, I'll give you X, Y, and Z, and it's a fair value deal or close to it, then I would absolutely make that deal. But I think that unless one of the big four is traded, you can't sign Hyman to any more than five or five two five. Like, you just, it's not something you can do because he's not going to age well. Even then, it's pushing it, man. Yeah, like he's he's one of those players where he plays so hard, and that's what makes him so endearing. But you just, like, you don't age well at all. I just don't want to live in a world where I'm not watching Zach Hyman dig the puck out of the corner successfully. Well, to be fair, uh, I would replace Zach Hyman with Blake Coleman, and I wouldn't think twice about it. Oh, well, yeah, you can't just, <laughs> of course, like... <laughs> Yeah. If I'm Edmonton, I am going after both of those players. Edmonton is going to... That solves your left-winger problem. Rachel, I, like, you know, we, we, I feel like we've both you know, been on, on the receiving end of being wooed by romantic partners before. We will never experience the type of seduction that the Edmonton Oilers will try and put on Zach Hyman this, this offseason. Oh, God, yeah. The Edmonton Oilers will roll out the red like they will take him to wherever he wants to go like it will be absurd how how much they try and get in bed with him like i i you can tell like they love him and the only thing you heard from media after the after the leafs hammered the the oilers in that one stretch in the season was how much the oilers needed craved a player like zach hyman now he's a free agent and even though the oilers are so cap strapped they you know, they straight up couldn't even res- like qualify the guy they gave two second round picks for last year. They will find a way to move money around to try and get him. But if I'm Zach Hyman, like why, like why sign like, you know, like five by six when you can do five by five in Toronto and become a legend forever and keep like, a, like you said, keep Sokolov, yeah. keep your like your your children's books are not going to sell as well in Edmonton as they are in Toronto. Like all that kind of stuff. That's the thing is like people stop caring unless you're an actual like. Like, unless you're Sundin or Tucker or Clark. Even like, Tucker. Unless you're that kind of player. No, but you don't have the clout to do shit in Toronto. It only happened. That way. It, Tucker's resurgence in Toronto only only happened after you retired. Because when he went to the, I think it was the Avalanche he went to. Yeah. No one gave a shit about him. In the, like exactly. The, he scored a power play goal against the Leafs in his return. Also, I'm still pissed that the Leafs even traded for him. So yeah, well, yeah, but you're gonna have to get over that. We've had him. We've had Mike Johnson on the podcast. You know, you've able, you've been able to to bury that <laughs> that hatchet. It's just it's gonna be okay. Darcy Tucker actually golfs at the golf club that my family belongs to. That guy's a loon ball. Yeah, he Darcy but, Tucker's crazy man. I love him. Oh, he's definitely trying to fight someone in the middle of a pandemic in the clubhouse. Like, Good. not wise. But like, what I'm saying, like with Zach Hyman, like I think it, he's better off four and a half and then making money on endorsements and like to me if, if you i wonder if he'll be smart and do that if you told me i'm not going to use the hockey example if you told me rachel will pay you 
in salary wise, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to work for Bayern Munich. Yeah. Or we'll pay you three hundred three hundred and fifty thousand dollars to work for Dortmund. I'd be taking <laughs> the Buffalo the Sabres. <laughs> I'd be taking no, no, no. Like Dortmund's the second best team in in the league. Um, but like I, I would be taking less money because to me, like when you're a hometown kid playing or working for that club matters more. It, it just does. That's just how it is. And so I'm not going to speak on behalf of Zach Hyman. I just wouldn't be surprised if he was one of the players that decided to take less. Yep. Be very interesting to see. It will be. And I think um, like Seattle, like I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of those top drawer kind of things. Oh, I bet where, Seattle goes hard after him too. No, but like they could select him in expansion draft, but, if he decides to go to UFA, right? Like I wouldn't be surprised if there was kind of like this, if they got close to a deal, if they just said, okay, we're going to put that in the top drawer and we'll sign it after the expansion draft kind of thing. Ooh. Right. Interesting. I, that happens. Top drawer deals happen all the time and people do not realize it and it never gets out. But like top drawer deals happen all the time or like backdoor, like, Hey, just do this. And like that happens all the time. It's literally because like, let's say, okay, like I'm not, this didn't happen in New Jersey, but like, let's say you're Travis Ajak or Nick Foligno is another one, right? Let's say you're going to trade Travis Ajak to the Islanders before you trade him. He's still under your rights. You just tell him we're going to re-sign you in the summer, Yeah. but we're going to trade you now to get pieces. And then you can come back in the summer. That's not tampering because he's still your player. You just can't talk to them after You've traded them. So Zach Hyman right now is a Leaf. The Leafs could say, we're not going to sign you until after the expansion draft. It's not tampering. They could agree to a contract that it doesn't matter until there's ink on the paper. So Seattle can select him, and if Zach Hyman says, no, I'm not signing here, and I'm going back to Toronto, there is nothing they can do about it. Now, I suspect that Seattle is going to speak with Zach Hyman and go, are you going to sign here? And if the answer is no, they're probably not selecting him. Yeah, but the the biggest sort of I would guess like similarity that comes to my mind with that is like it straight up happened with Alex or Alex Thomas Placanitz like that's like yeah. that that's what happened like you you don't I can't imagine he he that deal happened without sort of like a yeah you'll you'll be back here for your thousandth game don't worry like you're gonna end on like 990 I think it was like 996 997 98 or 98 yeah so it was like yeah. it, was, it was like two games like you'll be back here you'll celebrate it. and then you can go to check the Czech Republic it'll be fine like it's it's yeah, it's one of those things where like if you're one of those people where like playing in the hometown matters to you, then like you are going to be willing to take less. Yeah. Right. Like I don't I don't buy anybody who says like I playing playing for my hometown team, whether it's Toronto or Edmonton or Calgary or whatever, playing for my hometown team matters. But then you gouge them and you know exactly who I'm talking about. I don't buy it. I just I don't buy it. Exactly. Right? It's almost it's, it's almost like saying those things makes you a dirty liar. Almost. Oh yeah. That like to me if you genuinely want to play at home and you want your team to be better, you do take less. Because that's how teams win. And we'll see if he's an actual hometown boy or if he's a fake lying hometown boy. Like, you know, some some prior examples that that we've we've been treated to. Give me before we before we reach the end of the podcast. Give me your prediction. Come, you know, the start of next season, what do you think, which team do you think Zach Hyman's on? How many years do you think he's on that team? And what is, and what are his, what's his, his, what's the number he's reporting on his taxes at the end of the year? (laughs) 
Uh well, dep- I think I think it'll be Toronto or Edmonton. Um, those to me are are the two. Um, I think if it's Toronto, it's probably four seven five by mm-hmm. five or okay. maybe six. Um, and if it's Edmonton, I think it's like six by six. Interesting. Yeah, or somewhere close to maybe it's five seven five by six. Interesting. I hope so, man. Yeah. I hope so. I do wonder if they if they give him if if they if they max out on term. Not max I'm more out. interested, frankly, where Blake Coleman goes. Yeah, but because Blake Coleman's not a Toronto Maple Leafs, and so that's it's not going to garner as much national conversation. Right, but I like. I think Blake Coleman's a fantastic hockey player. Oh, he's like, incredible. Like that is that's someone that every team should covet. Um, I think someone's going to overpay for him and we like, think Blake Coleman's going to get on this next deal. That's a really interesting. Oh, he's, one. he's probably getting at well over three and a half, maybe close to four and a half. Is that an overpayment for him? No, I don't think so. Well, there you go. Well, I'm four and a half probably, but, uh, three and a half is definitely fair. Even four is fair. He's fantastic. He plays everything. He can penalty kill power play defensive zone he can score like he is and he does like he will block a shot with his eye if he has to like that guy is hey if the Leafs miss out on Hyman I know exactly who I want their plan b to be oh that's yeah Blake Coleman (laughs) like if I'm Edmonton I think I'd actually go after both of them yeah I mean hey that'd be the that'd be the grittiest uh grittiest free agent class they've had in years it'd be great all right Rachel it's an hour in we've reached the end of the podcast we don't have a Kovalev shift today because, again, we're in a good mood. I don't really think we have, have much to, to yell about. And we the last Kovalev shift we did was an entire episode of Kovalev shift. Um, oh, yeah. And anyone who tells you that the Leafs should be trading Nylander and John Tavares, who has a no movement clause, their opinion means nothing. Stop listening to it and don't give it attention. Yeah. Steve Dangle yelled at me and then I flipped him off um, today for, for doing that. I'm not sure if you saw that that exchange, but it's... Uh, yeah, he. It, it, I'm not even going to mention who that's from. All I can tell you is he's bad at what he does. All right. Yes. Anyway, you can find the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, on any podcatcher you can possibly find out there. You can find Rachel on Twitter at Rachel Dory, me on Twitter at MikeyStevens81. Um, you can find the podcast on Twitter at Staff Graph. Buy our merch on Redbubble, redbubble.com slash staff and graph shop, and leave us a review. Let us know because we all, we love those positive reviews. Give, give them to us. We lap them up like, you know, kittens with milk, but we, uh, but we, if you're going to leave us a negative review, please make it entertaining so we can dunk on you for being a dork as always. And Rachel, before we leave anything you'd like to leave our beautiful, attractive listeners. Wear a mask, get vaccinated and stop being an idiot on Twitter, please. Boom. That'll never happen. All right. See you on Friday.